Hey there guys and welcome back to the Travis and Damien podcast episode 81. We're available on anchor.fm slash Travis Damien podcast along with Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any more. Today we're going to be talking about entertainment and gaming news including the new Doctor Strange trailer and Sonic 3 the movie. Then we'll go into our recent activities including Horizon Forbidden West and the Uncharted movie. Lastly, our thoughts on the eShop closing down. So first piece of news, Master Splinter is joining the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge game. So they already included April O'Neil which was a pretty pleasant surprise and now they are having splinter in there so it's nice to see them sort of not just bring back the classical arcade style of the beat-em-up for the ninja turtles but also bring in new characters with them which can make for some interesting i guess like compositions now because it's not just the four turtles you can now have april in there or even splinter so yeah i think that's pretty cool too i think april was like pretty pog because like i don't think she was ever in like any of the beat-em-ups before i don't think splinter was either so I think that's a really cool addition because, you know, I, I didn't think it would just be the four like turtles. Like, I think that, you know, I think that would have not been the case. But having these two is really nice as well. I don't know if they add more DLC for more characters in the future, because I, I think this is it in terms of like what's going to be in the base game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's good enough. Like I think like having like, you know, was it five, six characters, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, six characters now. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's good enough for a beat 'em up. Um, and honestly, I just it, the game just looks great still. Like graphically, the game looks great. The gameplay looks really good. I, I, I love these types of beat 'em ups and stuff. Like you know, we both love the Scott Pilgrim game, which is like mm-hmm. you know, one of my favorite beat 'em ups. So um, hopefully, this game could also be that good as well. Because I also like the other TMNT uh, beat 'em ups as well, like Turtles in Time and stuff. So this looks like it's gonna be a really good successor to that. Um, and I'm very excited for it. I mean, it just it looks so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does look visually very very nice on the eyes and. The fact that it is coming to multiple platforms allows people to play on many different uh, consoles. And on top of that, it's online. I cannot believe that, you know, they announced it straight up that this is going to have online play, which is very, very nice to hear. Um, And yeah, I mean, like if they were to include more characters, the only one that I could really think of is Casey Jones. But even then, it's like. I don't, I don't know if that's really necessary. They could obviously add him later on if they really wanted to or if fans really, you know, sort of plead for it. Um, but I think with these six characters right now, I think that that is a pretty good sort of uh, ground to cover the Ninja Turtles cast of heroes anyways, obviously. So, um, but yeah, we don't know much else about the game yet. We don't have a release date. We don't even know how long the game's going to be. But um, I hope that this is like an actual like full length beat up adventure, something in the realm of, like you said, Scott Pilgrim or maybe maybe something a little bit shorter but who knows you know we don't know yeah, I, exactly everything yet i feel like scott program is just a little longer just because you have to grind a bit because the game mm-hmm. can get really hard if you don't like just grind for stats um this game doesn't look like that it's just gonna be a pretty standard beat up uh which is fine because you know i don't think every beat up needs to have like those rpg mechanics since scott program was like inspired by river city like rampage and stuff or whatever mm-hmm. so um yeah, like, I, I'm totally okay with that. I also love the Simpsons arcade game and stuff, and, like, I just kind of just want more games like this. So I'm happy they're, like, having, like, a pretty big revival. Same thing with uh, Street to Rates 4, which came out, like, uh, last year, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's good to see this genre, like, get, like, a random boost in popularity <laughs> again because it, it deserves it. I love beat-em-ups, so. Yeah. Alrighty. So next bit of news here is the Doctor Strange uh, in the Multiverse of Madness trailer. I think this was dropped during um, the Super Bowl, I think um mm-hmm. and yeah it looks great um you know you could tell that this is not you know this is directed by sam raimi <laughs> like you know it's really weird which is something that i think you know what the title suggests i think it's like yeah you would expect it to get a little weird right um mm-hmm. and it's like a there's like a dense trailer too there's like a lot of things going on 
uh, and it seems to be like a direct continuation of what happens in uh, Far From Home since, you know, uh, I guess, spoiler. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean yeah, at this I, point, it's all over Twitter. They also fully revealed the other characters in the movie okay. on Twitter. So we can uh, talk about yeah. all that stuff. I, I'm not going to get to it. Just like, yeah, obviously, Doctor Strange opened the multiverse and like things got weird in that movie. So now, you know, he has to kind of pay for the consequences in this movie, which is pretty neat. Because, um, yeah, Doctor Strange did. Well, it wasn't really his fault. I mean, it kind of is. But <laughs> it makes sense that he would get kind of punished for doing something like this. Um, you know, we see a lot of Scarlet Witch here, which is going to be great to see after, uh, you know, WandaVision, how she's holding up and stuff. Um, yeah, it just looks like a, re- a lot of good stuff. Visual effects look great as well. It looks like it's going to be a really interesting movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just from this trailer alone, you could definitely tell that Sam Raimi is behind the camera. Like, I think we said this the first time with the other trailer, but for this trailer, you could really, really tell just the way that it's directed. It's not like any other MCU movie. I'm sure that this hasn't... This isn't the first time you probably heard this on the internet, but, like, visually, like, this movie really does look stunning in terms of how it's directed, but also visually, too, because, you know, this is a Marvel movie and it has that kind of budget to bolster it up. Uh, There's a lot of Easter eggs and sort of uh, things that people are trying to figure out, like that flame guy. People are saying that that's uh, another version of Tony Stark or another character. I don't even know. Um, I think one of the characters that Doctor Strange is talking to in the chamber is Professor X, and we don't know if that's the same one from the Fox universe or what have you, but I feel like with those characters in particular, some of those recastings are going to be a little tricky, so I wouldn't be surprised if they just brought in uh, the same person that played Professor X uh, for this movie, because that would be a pretty cool sort of little Easter egg there um but yeah i mean i am excited for this movie a lot more than when dr strange one came out obviously just because a lot has happened with the character you know he's been in other marvel movies including thor 3 the avengers movies and obviously spider-man so seeing what dr strange can do once again in his own movie is gonna be very very exciting yeah i i agree with you there like you know dr strange one like i thought it was good but you know it was just like whatever it's just another origin movie or whatever um, but as Doctor Strange has been in more movies, like with the, either Avengers movies or just like in Spider Man and stuff, mm-hmm. I think like he really grew on me. Like as just a character, like he's just a really fun character to be around and stuff. And I just think like his powers are really cool as well. So um, I'm actually really excited for this movie now. Like I think Doctor Strange is enough to like carry a whole movie by himself now, which is you know saying a lot because <laughs> mm-hmm. you know um, I don't think there was a lot of heroes that could have done that in the, in the MCU. Like, but now I think Doctor Strange is definitely like one of the more big budgeted heroes now. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah definitely excited to see like where this goes from here because it's like looking crazy. Mm-hmm. And like I've always been a fan of Doctor Strange outside of his first movie. Like I honestly think that Doctor Strange one is an okay MCU movie in the grand scheme of things, but. But seeing him in everything else, like he's such a charming and fun character to see and very interesting as well, just because he is Doctor Strange. Um, But yeah, I mean, this movie is pretty hyped up just because of the return of Sam Raimi. And on top of that, with everything that's been going on with the multiverse and sort of what that has implications ever since Disney bought uh, 20th Century Fox, what that has implications on the MCU. And like you said, with Wanda, the sort of continuation from WandaVision into the movies once again, I think that this is going to be an interesting sort of shift because i know that there are a handful of mcu fans that haven't watched wandavision and i'm sure that there's going to be people going into this movie that either don't know or just didn't care about wandavision and maybe some things may slip over their head or what have you but you know it is what it is that's kind of what happens when you have this sort of like big cinematic universe even when it was just movies alone you're not gonna have everyone sort of follow along 
if you will. Uh, mm. So now that it's sort of split up between the streaming services and now the movies, you know, it's going to be hard for people, normal everyday people to sort of just like, you know, watch everything and sort of understand what's going on fully. But I'm sure that this movie will do probably a good job uh, blending in, you know, people that watch WandaVision, but not hinting at it too hard, hopefully. But who knows? Yeah, it's going to be weird because, like, a lot of this stuff is going to depend if you watch. Again, depending on how hard they push it, mm-hmm. um, it's going to depend on, like, well, why is, WandaVision, or why is uh, Wanda like this now and stuff? Like, it's going to be just, like, weird now. So, um, yeah, I don't know how they're going <laughs> to, like, do it cohesively <laughs> or anything because it could just become a giant mess because there's very people with a lot of, like, uh, Marvel burnout and stuff. So, they, like, they're, they're definitely not going to want to watch the shows just to, like, understand one movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, I-, I could totally understand if you try to, like, bypass it, like, maybe... Like Wanda just says like some like things to like catch up the audience or something like I don't know they they have a really tricky situation here mm-hmm. um, you know for for us like more Marvel shows is always great like because I, I do enjoy all of them but uh, for the you know general audience like yeah they're probably gonna have to figure something out so like not everyone's in the dark you know what I mean so yeah or ask you know their grandson hey what the fuck's going on here <laughs> yeah that too <laughs> yeah just acts like you're younger say hey what the hell's going on here so yeah. <laughs> All right, so speaking of Marvel shows, the Marvel Netflix stuff will be leaving the service on March 1st. Uh, So this was actually a news story that I forgot to put in last week's episode, but I'm glad I didn't because there was an update on it that uh, sort of uh, brings it into context as to what's going on. So uh, Marvel owns these shows, but they put them on Netflix for whatever reason, whatever kind of deal that that they signed with Netflix. But uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, they all live on Netflix up until March 1st. So these shows are going to be leaving the service, which when I when I first heard about that, I was like, oh shit, like are these shows just going to like disappear? Like, you know, we just got, you know, certain characters in other properties and other shows. I was like, mm-hmm. oh shit, you know? Um, but what it turns out is that uh, for now, right now, uh, the Marvel Netflix shows will be coming to Disney Plus in Canada only. So we don't know what will happen to them in the U.S. or other territories. Uh, some people are speculating that they will come to Hulu uh, for the U.S. just because it's a much more darker show and may, they may not want it on Disney Plus. But I mean, in my opinion, you know, you just, just put it on Disney Plus, make sure you have that TV MA rating like very, very much in the forefront because these shows are not like any other MCU show in terms of like the blood and the sort of violence and the language that's used in it. Um, it is very much like R-rated material here, um, which can be a good or bad thing. But at the same time, like I love Daredevil. I love Jessica Jones, Luke Cage and Hired Fist. I'm a little, you know, wishy-washy about, but definitely those two shows in particular are super duper good. And also The Punisher is also going to be uh, switching over to these, uh, is, is leaving Netflix and also going to Disney Plus in Canada as well. So yeah, I mean, whatever they decide to do for these shows, hopefully they have a future. Hopefully they decide to make more stuff with them. Um, I know Charlie Cox, you know, he was he is very much looking forward to working with Marvel in the future. I think he's hinted at it a little bit um, just because of, you know, his inclusion within No Way Home and sort of how that all played out. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the future for these Marvel uh, Netflix properties just because um, they are just they're just so goddamn good, especially Daredevil. <laughs> yeah I, I still haven't watched it i really need to watch it i've been sla- honestly in general i've been slacking a lot on shows and stuff like there's like i still need to watch mandalorian or not mandalorian Boba Fett. <laughs> um <laughs> that wasn't even intentional <laughs> and like i heard peacekeeper was really good i'm missing a lot of anime and stuff mm-hmm. yeah daredevil i really do need to make time for since yeah like you said like keep you know there's a lot of daredevil stuff that started popping up in the mcu proper so I, again i don't know if they're gonna be straight from 
the show. Like, I don't know if they're going to retcon some things. Probably are to like make it like not as violent. I, I don't really know what Disney is going to do with that. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it's really interesting to see what they're going to do with it. Because, you know, they already established his character as a thing now in the MCU with Far From Home. So um, I'm really looking for Because, you know, I, I heard from you and from everyone else that, you know, he's a great actor to play Daredevil. So mm-hmm. um, I'm very excited to see what they do with him. And, um, you know, I, if possible, I would like to see the um, the original series before it's like, you know somewhere else i mean like i don't know if it's on hulu i guess it's not too bad but just put on disney plus like you said just put <laughs> ma rating like I, don't, I don't like i think i don't think disney has a uh any ma stuff right like disney plus not I, for I could the be u.s i believe oh, okay. deadpool is on disney plus in other oh, that's territories crazy. yeah <laughs> okay. so yeah it's a little weird i don't know exactly what's going on there but Honestly, yeah, just, just put it. Yeah, just put it on Disney Plus. Yeah, just put it like children do not watch this. Like, it's that easy. <laughs> it's, but, um, uh, it shows not intended for children. Please, God. <laughs> yeah, it's just like I really hate when this stuff happens because I'm like, just stay on one platform, please. But um, hopefully, this is like the last time this will happen to these shows, so they could just be like there <laughs> for people mm-hmm. to watch, even if they're not like again. Only right now, Daredevil seems to be the only one that's going to be like coming back. But we'll see. They might bring back more of these guys, the Defenders or whatever. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens in the in the future. Yeah, because I know that it's rumored that certain characters are supposed to appear in other uh, Disney Plus shows in the future. So that will be very interesting to see. But yeah, I mean, you know, with everything with the Marvel Netflix stuff, it's always been sort of weird how they brought them into the Netflix sort of little bubble. And then they were like hinting at the event, which was the the first Avengers movie with the yeah. tower and everything. But outside of that, there was never really any crossover between them, unfortunately. But until now, you know, stuff has been sort of crossing over. And it's very, very exciting for people like me that have watched these shows and sort of uh, looking forward to what Disney has planned for them because, you know, they do have the rights to these. It's just that they've always lived on Netflix and now that, you know, Disney and Marvel have their own sort of platform to put them on and other sort of streaming services as well. They're sort of trying to pick and choose where they want these to land. So, yeah, again, I hopefully it just goes on Disney Plus because, <laughs> ironically, I really do think Disney Plus is like pretty good. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, know, they're going to be in Canada, so just VPN it, you know. Yep, just use uh, NordVPN. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so we got some more some more news here. We got the Sonic Cinematic Universe, since you know, the second movie is coming out real soon. Uh, well, there, it's already getting the third movie and is getting a live action series on Paramount Plus. So um, yeah, they're really going deep into the Sonic uh, Cinematic <laughs> Universe, and um, you know, from what I've seen from the second movie, it's looking pretty good. So like, you know, hopefully that quality can match up. Well, you know, we gotta see the, the second movie first, but mm-hmm. if the second movie is good, then you know, I'm all down for a third movie. Uh, it'd be cool to see them move into more of the adventure stuff, like mm-hmm. or at least Sonic CD. Like, uh, like I know this one's like the Sonic Two movie. Is combining Sonic 2 plus 3, basically, like with Tails and Knuckles and stuff, which is cool. Yeah. I think like the Death Egg or something. I don't, I, don't really, I didn't really watch the second trailer yet. <laughs> um, but it'd be cool if the third movie was like Sonic CD based or like Metal Sonic and Amy or Chaos could be in there for like some adventure stuff. Like that would be really cool. Um, in terms of like the series, I don't really know what you could do. Um, like, uh, maybe like Saturday morning, like Saturday AM or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like there's um, you know, Sonic like has on like has a lot of lore, <laughs> so you could do mm-hmm. like a ton of stuff with him. So uh, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do with that. Um, and it, it surprised me that it's gonna be a live action series instead of like a, an animated one because I thought weren't they doing an animated one on Netflix or something? Yeah, so they're doing one on Netflix. I guess they're just trying to expand more of the sonic live action stuff just like separate i guess that makes sense yeah like i don't know if like this live action show is going to connect 
to like the the series that like, like they're doing what Marvel does. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't really know, but uh, it's gonna be interesting to see like where this universe of Sonic movies goes because you know they really surprised people. At least the first one, um, with, you know how entertaining it was. Like it wasn't amazing or anything, but it could have been way worse if they didn't change Sonic's <laughs> model. And uh, I'm happy they did because like the movie itself was you know it was pretty good. You know I I, I thought it was fun. So. Yeah, uh, hopefully they could keep it up with all these other things. Because, you know, Sonic has a big year, I guess. It is a big year for Sonic. So hopefully um, he could nail it for once. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> for once. Uh, but yeah, you know, them announcing Sonic 3 really early before even Sonic 2 is out in theaters is pretty ballsy. But then again, that just means that they have a lot of faith within this movie's success. And yeah, hopefully that it does do as well. But if not better than the first movie, because... The, the first movie was literally the last movie that a lot of people have seen in theaters and some people may be returning to the theaters to see this movie again if they didn't <laughs> see Spider-Man, which, you know, that's them. But yeah, you know, I think that uh, what they have to do and what they can do with Sonic 3 is very interesting because like you said, they, they already introduced Knuckles within Sonic 2, sort of combining Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 from the Genesis games and sort of twisting it into their own story once again, which, you know, I do not mind whatsoever. Uh, so hopefully they do some of the adventure stuff. I'm not sure if they're going to do chaos or if they're just going to introduce shadow right away, or maybe even metal Sonic. I don't know. Um, because you know, Sonic three, uh, it could be a cluster mess if they decide to do a lot of stuff in one movie. Um, but yeah, I mean, it can be a lot of fun because I know that they're really only introducing like one or two new characters within Sonic two, AKA tails and knuckles. Um, and then Sonic three, you know, they could, do a lot more if they want to um and then for the live action paramount plus series like you said i think that a saturday saturday morning cartoon would fit a lot more than just like an actual like story story kind of thing um maybe it could tie into the third movie who knows um i doubt that i i don't think that they really want to do that sort of like connectivity stuff right away especially because you know they know that sonic is you know more meant for kids and they're aiming at a much younger audience you know marvel kind of does the same thing but you know they they do have that sort of, I guess, a little bit of an older audience when you really look like at it. like a teenager. Yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, you know, all of the Sonic live action stuff has been really, really good and really, really exciting to see. So yeah, I am, I'm rooting for this. Hopefully it, it does sort of land on its feet with the second movie and hopefully with the other projects in the future because, you know, I'm all for it, honestly. I think that this sort of iteration of Sonic has been really, really fun to see and I actually been definitely the best uh video game movie stuff that we've seen in ever honestly <laughs> yeah I, I i think so as well like the sonic movie is actually like a pretty good representation of sonic they didn't really like do it. like yeah i had some like weird lore with like having an owl mom or something but mm-hmm. like you know the rest of it has been like you know his personality was pretty spot on like everything else is pretty good so and you know did little tweaks to make it like their own like you know like i think in uh, the second movie, they do some weird things with the emeralds and stuff, but you know that's just you know how they want to do it. So mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think you know. I think things are fine when they make it just a little different, just to you know make them different from what we already know. So gonna be interesting to see what they do with this cinematic universe going forward. <laughs> All right, so next bit of news we got here is HBO's Last of Us series is not expected for this year, but expected for 2023. So I think that this was just like an offhand comment that one of the uh, higher-ups at HBO said that it's not going to come this year, it's probably going to come next year because they are still shooting in Canada for the series, which is exciting to hear uh, just because I know that they want this series to do what it can in retelling the first game story, which is probably the right way to do it. Um, I think retelling or sort of uh, making up a new story within The Last of Us involving Joel and Ellie 
probably can work, but I feel like them just retelling the first game through and through is probably like the best and safest option because you're going to get nerds like me that are going to, you know, pinpoint certain scenes and certain events that happen within the first game and sort of how it uh, translates into the series. And it's going to be a lot of fun because, you know, just from the one screenshot that we've seen, uh, Pedro Pascal and uh, what's her name, uh, just seeing their backs and them in their outfits within the sort of Last of Us getup as, you know, that... That looks pretty cool, and I cannot wait to see the first trailer of this series because I think that this is going to be another faithful live-action adaptation for a video game franchise. Yeah, and, you know, I guess we were wrong with Uncharted, being like, oh, it should be easy. <laughs> it did. Uh, I'll talk about more of that uh, later. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, you can tell me later. But, yeah, I, you know, I heard mixed things about Uncharted, but I feel like Last of Us, like, probably works maybe a bit more. Yeah, especially as a series. Like, I feel like TV shows are probably better to tell, like, longer-form stories and stuff. Like, but, like, Uncharted could work as a movie because, you know, it's, like, more just, like, a short adventure thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Last of Us has a lot more going on with different characters and all that stuff, so... I think as a show, it could work a lot more and could breathe a little more as well. And I, you know, I have, you know, hopes that it does well. Again, I've never played Last of Us, so I would, I probably wouldn't watch it. I probably would play the game first, then watch it just to like compare it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's just a straight like adaptation just to play it safe. Like, you know, I said like, it's good to have differences and stuff and they could definitely have differences. Like it doesn't have to be exactly the same in terms of, like, you know, some personalities and stuff like that. But um, I think just keeping the basic story beats the same will make everyone happy, I think. And if they can make it more approachable for people who's never even heard of Last of Us into, like, something more, you know, just because it's, like, a show now and not a video game, like, that's good. Like, I think that could really expand the franchise. And if Naughty Dog wants to do a third game, which I don't think they will, uh, then, you know, I guess they have more room to adapt the second, like, game into a show and see how people react to that. Because, you know, (laughs) as a video game, you know, that was pretty controversial. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's uh, definitely seems like, you know, Naughty Dog games just seem like safe bets. I'm not like, I'm not kind of like Jack and Dax or whatever. I'm just kind of Uncharted and Last of Us. So, yeah, I think I think it will work as a movie. But um, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, oh, I mean, it also helps that it's like an HBO-like series. So it's yes. going to get a big-ass budget, right? So. <laughs> a big budget. They're able to do what they want, not sort of censor the uh, violence or anything like that. But... Yeah, you know, um, I am I'm hoping for the best for this one because it does look very, very promising with Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey taking on the respective characters of Joel and Ellie. And also, Neil Druckmann, say what you will after, you know, part two, but he, he is the sort of mastermind and sort of the father of the Last of Us franchise. So having him sort of behind the scenes and sort of guiding the series along is also uh, good to hear. Yeah, I mean, I always like that when they have, like, the original creator, like, sort of just helping out. Like, they don't have to be in there all the time, but, like, mm-hmm. just them guiding the director or whoever is there. So, like, oh, maybe you should do it like this because, you know, it's kind of, like, what the vision of that person was <laughs> to, like, mm-hmm. have it like that. So, I, I think that's a good idea to have them, like, be, like, as a like a counselor just to tell you what to do <laughs> a bit. So, and not to steer it too much in the wrong direction, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah creative liberties are good, but when you take it a little too far, then, yeah, it could, it could end up not too great. Yeah, depending right. on how uh, the fan base looks at it. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the fan bases could be really rabid <laughs> with stuff like that. So, yeah, you don't want to piss them off. <laughs> 100%. All right. So, speaking of pissing fan bases off, we got Street Fighter VI. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it wasn't much. It was mostly just like a little teaser. You see, like, Ryu, which people are, like, memeing. looks like a square because he's, he's really wide. Yeah. Um, you know, he's sort of, like, flexing a bit. And then you have, like, a newcomer. Which he actually isn't a newcomer. I think he was at the end of Street Fighter V's like DLC cycle called like Luke or whatever. 
Uh, and he's like, "Come on, old man, fight me!" And then like that, that then you see the logo, and everyone's memeing on the logo. Yeah, <laughs> um, of Street Fighter Six. Because um, I, I don't know if this is true or not, because this has just been going on Twitter. You know, you don't really trust too much things on Twitter. But um, apparently, it was like one of like the stock Adobe things. Like it's just like an S and an F on like a hexagon. And it looks like they kind of just tweak it a bit and put like a six, and then there you go. <laughs> like there's a new logo. Again, don't know how true that is, but I've just seen that making the rounds on Twitter. Um, in terms of this, uh, I, I hope it's good because you know, Capcom I think has been doing extremely well with most of their franchises right now. You know, DMC uh, Five was like really good. I really liked Mega Man Eleven. Monster Hunter World was great. You know, the the two new Resident Evils were really good, plus the remake. So yeah, like I think Capcom has been definitely on a roll. Uh, but the thing that's been really hampering them has been their fighting game division. Like, you know, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite was pretty shit. Uh, Street Fighter Five, a lot of people just did not like compared to 4. So um, hopefully Street Fighter Six is like that return to form for their fighting game stuff. Because, you know, that's a big part about Capcom, you know? Like, Street Fighter is like, you know, Mega Man and Street Fighter kind of what I think of when I think of Capcom. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, like that's kind of what I remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, hopefully Street Fighter Six can make everyone happy. But it does seem to be in a weird direction. Like, people are afraid it's going to go into, like, a more realistic direction. Since it looks like they're, like, in, a, in like an MMA ring. And they're going to, like, fight. And, like, the thing's like a hexagon now. Uh, so yeah, like they, some people are kind of nervous about what it's actually gonna like be, like gameplay wise. But um, hopefully it's a good shakeup. Like uh, hopefully it's a good for these Street Fighter fans. You know, obviously I'm like horrible at fighting games. Like I'll probably pick this game up at some point and play it a little bit because I do like fighting games. But then I get my ass kicked and then I hate them. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully the game ends up good because I think like Capcom needs a win for their fighting games because they've been really like down <laughs> so far because no one really likes Street Fighter Five. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, Street Fighter Six. That sounds pretty, pretty big to announce the fact that they are making a sequel to Street Fighter Five. Because usually these fighting games are in cycle for like a number of years before they announce the next one. So you know, Street Fighter Six. Hey, look, that looks pretty cool. And then the logo, and then it's like, oh, I don't know exactly what happened here, but you know, everyone's been memeing it up. It looks like they got six notifications. It doesn't yeah. look right, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean. It makes sense. Uh, the logo is not good. Um, they're probably going to change it up before it launches, hopefully, because if not, uh, that will just live on store shelves for the rest of eternity. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's exciting to hear, honestly. Like, that's all I can really say. Like you said, like, I am also really, really bad at fighting games just because I just get frustrated at myself because uh, I am just not good enough. But, you know, um, whatever they decide to do with this one i hope that it stays true to what street fighter has always been which has been a 2d uh, or not like 2d but you know just like a 1v1 oh, yeah. sort of it's uh, like 2d yeah it's like a 2d just it's basically the most like vanilla fighter you could do because it's basically like made that like sort of fighter popular mm-hmm. um and i think if they move away from that you do kind of lose the identity of street fighter right so yeah. like, i think if they make it like a 3d fighter that's like now it's kind of like tekken a bit yeah like, i feel like you kind of have to like stick to what it's good at but you could bring mo- new mechanics as well to like make it different and you know just new things to master for like these older players and stuff um and i think in terms of like online is also gonna be a big like thing like i think most fighting games should have like rollback and stuff at yeah. this point mm-hmm. um because you know, a lot of Japanese fighting games just like have really garbage online, so it would be really cool to see um, 
cow cow and really invest into like a really good online like structure you know what i'm talking you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah i mean like so. i know i follow some people on twitter that are part of the fighter z community and they're yeah. like bro give us that fucking rollback netcode we're tired of this shit and i'm like yeah yeah like i can't believe they don't have it yet and i'm sure a lot of people are kind of nervous of whether or not street fighter 6 is gonna have robot netcode because it's sort of becoming the industry standard for fighting games in general which is good because that's sort of like the best way to have online be as competitive as possible when you are competing in these fighting games so yeah hopefully you know street fighter 6 is able to deliver on that but like you said you know this is a you know japanese company so we don't know if they exactly know what that is or if they even want to do that or whatever the case is so yeah you know uh we only have this quick little teaser trailer once we get like an actual gameplay trailer and actually see what the game is like uh that's when we could talk about it more but for now you know it's exciting to see street fighter 6 come to be but hopefully that that logo gets changed up for real (laughs) (laughs) yeah hopefully it is really bland like i I know it's kind of like a like a whatever thing to talk about but you know it has been talking about a lot for a reason because it just like has no personality at all (laughs) so yeah hopefully it does get changed (laughs) yeah there is more news coming this summer they did so yeah so is a teaser for a teaser. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now let's jump into our recent activities. I'll let you go first because I actually yeah. have a, a bit to talk about. So, All right, so first of all, I've been slacking on anime. So I haven't finished Demon Slayer <laughs> Attack or I'm not even caught up on Attack on Titan because uh, I kind of got to pick and choose on like, what I do in my free time. And kinda, there's been like a lot of games. So, But uh, I'll, I'll do it this weekend. I, I really need to catch up on those. But anyway, uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, I, I finished the base game. And... Um, you know, everything applies to what I said last time. Like, I think the game is a ton of fun. Uh, you know, I think the game, like, visually kind of looks a little garbage and performs a little, little poopy. But, you know, it's gameplay-wise, it's really good. It's definitely the evolution of what I expected Pokemon to be at this point, like, in its life cycle. Uh, you know, the ending stuff was really cool. You know, um, a lot of, like, great remixes of, like, like the Legendary songs and stuff is really cool. Um, but I basically didn't really finish the game yet because I still need like actually catch Arceus, which is like you only get it when you capture every single Pokemon, which I haven't done yet. I'm almost there. Uh, I mostly just got to catch all the legendaries now. So um, uh, I, I will get to that. It just uh, another game came out, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Horizon Forbidden West, another big open world game. Um, and yeah, let me just say this game is really good. Um, I think it took everything about Horizon Zero Dawn and very much improved on it. Uh, when you look at it, because I, I, I've been seeing a lot of talks about this game. Uh, one is getting overshadowed by Elden Ring, just like how the first game was overshadowed by Breath of the Wild, because they both came out like a few days like before it, which is kind of unfortunate. But um, you know, people are saying, "Oh, it looks mostly the same and stuff," and I, I don't really think that's fair. Because um, when I, I'm just going to use Ratchet and Clank as an example, when you put Ratchet and Clank two and three next to each other, did it really look different? Not really. Like, oh, the UI looks a little different, but you really have to play the game to really see the differences in, in terms of quality of life and how much better the game plays and stuff like that. You know, and Ratchet and Clank 2, your weapon only levels up once, and 3, it levels up three times, and, like, a bunch of other little improvements and stuff. So that's kind of how Horizon is. And, I, I you know, I, that's what most sequels do. I don't really know why people <laughs> are giving this game so much shit compared to, like, other games when, like, yeah, that's kind of what sequels do. Uh, like, I'm totally down with, like, games evolving its genre it's in or changing the formula a lot from game to game. But, you know, some games are just straight sequels that just improves things from a very great game. And that's what Horizon Forbidden West does. Um, just for instance, I think combat is a lot better in this game. It was very great in the first game. But I feel like they did a lot of little changes to make the combat, like, a little more tactical and got to think a lot more. Because by the end of the first game, I was kind of just cheesing everything. Mm-hmm. Where I would just, like, sort of, like, um, tether machines down just shoot them with a bunch of bombs and stuff. This game, you do have play a lot more tactical tactically and um it makes it just more fun in my opinion 
Um, the inventory system is totally like overhauled. Um, in the first game, you were limited to what you could carry, and the game wants you to loot a lot of shit, and that got really annoying. It was it, like actively like annoyed me in the first game. Um, in this game, everything you grab just if your inventory is full, it just gets sent to your stash, which is basically like a little chest like somewhere in the world. Like there's a bunch of like places where you can restock on resources and stuff, and it just makes it so much better. Like in the first game, I feel like it was in my inventory like for most of the game. But, like in this game, I don't even think about it, which is really really nice. Um, and the other major improvement is just the motion capture and just like how the NPCs look. Uh, in the first game, it's kind of uncanny valley because. Um, some conversations were just like talking heads, basically, and it just kind of looked weird. In this game, like almost every NPC interaction is all like motion captured and stuff, and just feels like a lot more professional, a lot better. Um, and this is not just for like main story stuff. This is for like all the side activities and stuff. So it, it just you could just smell the budget on this game a lot more than the first game did. And the first game was very like you know felt like a big budget game, but this game definitely improved a lot on the presentation and stuff. And you know just graphically, it looks amazing, right? Like it is a very pretty looking game. Like I don't think like it's going to be as big a showcase as Ratchet. I, I know I'm biased, but <laughs> Riverport actually blew me away graphically because, you know, it's a PS5 exclusive. Like, it looks so good. Like, it it looks like a Pixar movie. I know that's also a meme, but, like, it, it did. Uh, Horizon is still stuck on the PS4, so, it, like, I felt like it could do more if it was only on PS5. But for what it does, it, lo- it does really well. Like, the game runs great. It looks great. Like, everything about it just looks, like, really nice. Um, but, yeah, and... In terms of, like, just the open-world structure, yeah, it is an open-world game, but I, I think it does what it does well. It's, it's kind of like complaining, like, oh, Demon Slayer is a shonen. Why is it a shonen? Why doesn't it do things well? Like, why does it do things differently? Uh, and, again, I don't think that's a fair argument because I think as an open-world game, it does what it does really, really well. Like, yes, again, it doesn't reinvent the formula like Breath of the Wild or Elden Ring is going to do, but I think all these side activities that are usually filler in a lot of other open world games definitely feel like they're worth your time in this game. Um, but basically all the side quests I've been doing, and I have like 30 hours of everything in this game, like all the Holy side activities shit. in this game are like, they, they feel like main mission quality. And that's not even like a meme. Like I definitely feel like these missions could easily be main missions in other open world games with the amount of effort and like just things you do in them. Like I, I'm like really impressed. Even like the, um, the Ubisoft towers, they're called Tonex in this game, which like unveils the map and stuff. Uh, like a lot of those are like just side quests of their own and stuff. Like there's a lot of different like other side activities, like some races you could do and like some melee pits where you gotta like fight, you know, obviously with melee and stuff, you can't use your bow too much. Um, like all this stuff definitely feels like it's worth your time and not just useless filler. Like the only filler content in this game is the bandit camps, which is always like a staple in these open world games. That's the only content that's like kind of lazy. But I, I I actually do feel like everything is like worth your time in this game. Like the main quests are great, but if you ignore like most of the side quests, I definitely think you're doing a disservice like of that content if you don't do it. Because I, I think it you know explains more like the lore about certain tribes. You know, there's just fun missions to do. You get more loot and experience. Like I, I definitely think it's all worth your time. And I think that's where Horizon Forbidden West really sets itself apart from other open world games. Just all this side content definitely feels like it's worth doing. Um, and honestly, I think that's how I feel about a lot of these Sony open world games. I think Spider-Man is probably the weakest in terms of the, its, its open world, like sort of design. But uh, Horizon One and Ghost of Tsushima definitely feels like you know how I feel about this game. But this game just does it even better than those. So yeah, definitely a great open world game, and I'm really loving it. The main story is really cool too. Like I, I was really impressed by the main story in the first Horizon. Like I didn't expect myself to be as like enthralled with it as I was, but it, it was really good. And it looks like the second one is going even crazier with it, uh, which is great. 
Um, you know, I was afraid it would kind of dip out a bit from the sci-fi, but it looks like it's going even more sci-fi, which I love. So, yeah, Horizon Forbidden West is really, really good. Uh, I highly recommend it. But, yeah, definitely play the first one before this one. Um, the game basically expects you to know everything from the first game before getting to this game. This is like, like a little recap video before the game starts. But it's definitely like, yeah, you should know what happened in the first game before jumping into this one. Um, so, yeah, I definitely recommend playing the first game, which is also a great game in general, before playing this game if you want to, like, understand the story. So, yeah, uh, definitely a, a great game so far. Yeah, I guess I'm going to have to recap myself on Horizon because yeah. <laughs> when I played the first game, I think I was literally, like, just listening to podcasts and listening to music and just fucking going through the game, just, like, doing side missions, doing story missions, not giving a fuck. And then I got to the end of it, and I was like, oh shit what happened um yeah but... it's definitely one like you kind of want to pay attention like in the first <laughs> game the first game side quests some of them are pretty good some of them are you know kind of like the filler i was talking about mm-hmm. like i feel like with forbidden west it definitely you know feels a lot more like substantial in terms of side content at least to me i mean i, I also like talking to a lot of npcs and stuff so that's just me <laughs> but i definitely think it's like a story that's like pretty damn cool i think so yeah yeah i mean i'm excited to pick it up once the semester ends and hopefully i'll be able to actually like play it because yeah i know that this game is going to take me a while to actually get through it but <laughs> it's long as shit <laughs> so. yeah you know that's just that's just open world games in general but yeah it's exciting to hear that you are enjoying it uh so what have i been doing um so i saw the uncharted movie uh because i was like fuck it i'm gonna go see the uncharted movie um and i knew what to expect just because of the rotten tomato scores and sort of everyone's sort of mixed opinions on it and yeah i mean in my opinion, like as a person that really likes the Uncharted games, especially the story of them and how they told the story of Nathan Drake and Sully and how they they became like, you know, partners and friends and sort of like family in a sense. The way that they bring that into this movie with Mark Wahlberg and Tom Holland and sort of <laughs> how they got together and sort of how they piece other elements of the Uncharted series into this movie and sort of retcon uh sort of how or sort of you know change tell a different story if you will you know tell a different version of nathan drake and sully and i don't know i like maybe it's just because mark Wahlberg's sully but like i didn't believe that he was sully and also like just how like his character was behaving i can't remember that sully was acting like that within the early days of uncharted just because i felt like sully was always like sort of like the wise person within the duo and nate was always like the fucking dumbass that you know knew how to like shoot people and climb shit (laughs) um and yeah i mean like tom holland like he sort of has the same accent that he does when he plays Spider-Man, so I'm kind of like thrown off a bit, but I can see him as like a younger Nathan Drake, but not with this story. I feel like that because they were moving so many so many different things around, even if they were to retell like the original Uncharted 1 story or whatever, I feel like that even then, like I can't really buy these actors into these roles fully when I was watching it. Uh, but even then, like I still had fun watching it. Uh, you know, the action was good i can say that i i thoroughly enjoyed watching tom holland you know do shit and you know uh do his stunt works jump around be nathan drake you know all of that um the characters within this movie outside of uh nate and sully you know they were they were okay uh they were sort of just there to you know push the story along they do bring in other characters such as nate's brother sam which was like a big thing in my opinion that was like i don't really like that just because they don't introduce nate's brother until the fourth game um and the fact that they bring him into the story very early on within this i guess maybe possible cinematic universe for like the the uh uncharted movies sort of is like weird to me Mm -hmm. um and the it's not the after credit scene but the scene that plays right after the movie ends i'm like oh okay i guess 
I guess that's where they want to take this Uncharted series with, um, which can be interesting depending on how well this movie does in terms of box office numbers and whether or not they want to, you know, keep going uh, with this. But yeah, I mean, like it's a fun action movie. I will say that. But as like an Uncharted movie, it's not. It's not what I hoped for, not exactly what I expected. There's a lot of changes that I just wasn't fond of. I mean, like, you know, I was literally just saying earlier that, that like, with the Sonic movie, you know, they changed a lot of stuff, but I think that it fits. With this movie, I don't know. It just just felt different, maybe because Uncharted never went through as many changes as, like, Sonic did. So, like, maybe... I'm just a little more numb to like Sonic making different changes with the story and, and the characters as opposed to Uncharted where we've literally had this one sort of game franchise in its own bubble and that's it. And now we have a adaptation of it that's changing a lot of the story bits in it, which was, I guess, throwing me off. Um, it was cool seeing Nolan North make his cameo. That was kind of funny. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. He's in the movie for like maybe like a minute or two, but that's about it. You know, like that was, that was kind of cool to see. But like outside of that, I was just like, uh, you know, like, it's fucking Uncharted, I guess, you know, it's sort of like Indiana yeah. <laughs> Jones, but with just Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg. But, you know, by by the end of it, I did like how they sort of complemented each other, I guess. But like at the same time, it's not really my Nate and my Sully in a way, especially not my Sully, because I was just like, fuck is this Mark Wahlberg character? I don't know what that was going on. Um, but there's that. That's sort of like my non-spoilery review of Uncharted. Obviously, if I spoiled shit, I probably could have gotten a, a little more in depth, but Anyways, moving on from there, uh, manga and anime. So I finally finished BL Metamorphosis. I've had volume five, which is the final volume, for a while now, but I just decided to finally read volume four and five. And yeah, it's pretty much just as good as I was praising it all of those episodes ago. It's pretty much a manga about this high school girl and this sort of grandma character, and they sort of find this bond and this sort of friendship with each other through boys love manga and they sort of go to conventions and sort of events with each other and you get to see different perspectives on life from the high school girl character and the much more older woman character because you know she's gone through life she she knows what sort of like she wants and sort of uh what is worth her time now um and by the end of it i really really liked it uh, i'm glad that this was as short as it was i felt like if it went any longer it probably would have got drawn out but this is like a nice sort of like complete story if you will and if you want to read you know a sort of very quick slice of life uh manga this one's only five volumes so you know it's it's pretty good i will say that uh the jujutsu kaisen zero manga I decided to read it before I went to go watch the movie later next month uh, just because I have the manga. So I might as well read it before I see the movie. Um, And it's good. I think that people that like Jujutsu Kaisen will definitely like the movie when it comes out. And I cannot wait to see all of this stuff be animated and sort of have these sort of characters before the uh, story of Jujutsu Kaisen begins. So uh, Demon Slayer Season 2, not going to spoil anything, but, you know, it's just it's just as good as I was really expecting it to be all animated and everything like that. It's pretty much it's pretty much more Demon Slayer. Like if you like Demon Slayer Season 1 in the movie, you will by the end of Season 2, hopefully still like Demon Slayer. So uh, that's all I can really say. Um my update on My Dress of Darling and Teaser Master Tagaki-san Season 3 because I'm at like the halfway point of each season. I believe I'm on Episode 7 out of 12 for both. Uh, My Dress of Darling, it's getting a lot of traction. A lot of people are sort of noticing that this anime is like really, really good in terms of... <laughs> yeah, like a, people are really talking about it. Yeah, I mean <laughs> yeah. like, Marin is best girl. Like, what can yeah. I say? You know? <laughs> That's like, mostly why yeah, I see her everywhere. She is best girl. I will admit it. Um, like, 100% best girl of this anime season. Uh, just, just because she's so likable and, you know, I guess she is, like, kind of hot for, like, anime girl standards, but anyways. Um, the story is, like, 
pretty good as well. It's pretty much about her trying to get into cosplay, and you have this character named Gojo who really doesn't talk to anybody. He's sort of like an antisocial character, but he somehow befriends her because she needs help with with her cosplay. And yeah, you see you see this friendship bloom, and it's very very cute. It's very very sweet, and yeah, uh, I cannot wait to see where this uh, anime s- season ends because the way the manga is being released in. Uh, the states is like very slow like Square Enix is taking their sweet ass time printing and like translating these volumes into English like it's like it's like multiple gaps between volumes which is like kind of insane but I don't mind because like the manga is like really really good and like the anime adaptation is like even better honestly just because uh, I believe Cloverworks animated this I can't exactly remember let me go and get my facts straight before I start throwing shit out there yeah Uh, yeah yeah, Cloverworks Cloverworks is just doing a fucking fantastic job with this shit like they are they are adapting this and animating it so beautifully and so elegantly like if you haven't watched My Dress of Darling either watch it now or just wait for the season 10 because like it is really really good Uh, Teaser Master Tagaki-san, I mean, I'm, I don't know what came over me, but when I watched episode six, uh, there was, so like they've been setting up like this sort of like play thing, um, sort of like a uh, school play for like the uh, festival or whatever. And like episode six is, is sort of like the climax of that. And I don't know why, man. I, I just fucking started tearing up. Like, oh my god! Like these fucking these fucking middle school characters are so cute and adorable. Like I fucking cannot handle it. Um, but yeah. I am loving season three, just like I've loved season one and two. Uh, Tagaki-san is pretty much more of, of of the same of the sort of like slice of life, middle school, you know, romance, all that bullshit. So, yeah, it's fun. I'm enjoying it. I cannot wait to watch the rest of it. But last thing we got to talk about uh, is uh, the Wii, Shop, Wii U and 3DS eShop uh, shutting down. They are going to no longer be in service um uh, up until the late march 2023 and i think that nintendo gave us some more details on like their official website on like adding uh sort of funds and sort of uh redeeming codes and all of this other stuff which most of that stuff ends within may onward of this year so you know if you're interested in buying any of the eShop stuff now you should probably look into that um but yeah i mean at this point like it was gonna happen eventually i think that uh, with the Wii U at 3DS being as old as, as they are, you know, them those those goddamn digital stores aren't going to stay up forever because they're goddamn digital. And, you know, uh, if people aren't going to be using them as much as they were previously, you know, there's no reason to really keep them up. Uh, so, yeah, Nintendo ending them. I'm not really surprised, but at the same time, you know, I'm sure the price of physical games for the 3DS and Wii U and Wii U are both going to skyrocket if they haven't already because, you know, a, a lot of these games, uh, I'm sure physically didn't get, like, um, uh, a, a lot of print runs. Um, and yeah. on top of that, some of these games are, are digital only. So, like, if you're looking for, like, a, a fucking hidden gem on, like, the Wii U or 3DS, start Googling that shit now. And hopefully you'll be able to add your funds and buy that game on whatever uh, sort of store it's on and, you know, hopefully enjoy it for what it is because... Uh, those games will no longer be available, which is going to suck, which is why I have always been a predominant sort of uh, person that is always like physical games over digital. Like if I can get the game physically, I will fucking do that just because you don't know when these digital stores are going to go down, especially when like Sony was announcing uh, their 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 digital stores were going to go down for, I believe it was like PS3 and Vita, right? Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, PS3 and, and Vita, yeah. And people were freaking out. The fucking prices of those things on eBay were going up and shit, but... 
Yeah, I mean, what do you think, Damien? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it feels weird because, like, you know, PS3, I, I was accepting it because it feels it's so old already, right? Like, the PS3 came out in 2006. So I'm like, that I was accepting. They still sucked, but I'm like, I, I get it. Uh, with the 3DS and Wii U ending, I'm like, wait, you can't do that. <laughs> I'm like, wait, like, has it really been that old already? And I guess so. Like, they, they are old consoles. Like, the 3DS came out in 2011 <laughs> at this point, and... Yeah, it's it's an old console at this point. Like Wii U, I I understand, right? Because no one had a Wii U, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it still sucks because I think the Wii U was still like the last Nintendo system that has like that has a great eShop, right? Like it has like a good virtual console. What I meant to say, like the virtual console on the Wii U is actually really good. Um, and I was lucky enough to have like a lot of them. Like you could just get DS games and GBA games, and like there's just a ton of other stuff you couldn't even get on the the Wii virtual console. Um, so yeah, that's gonna really suck about the Wii U shop closing. Like, I think that's the biggest hit for that like system, because uh, most most of Wii U games are now on Switch. So that that's not that big of a deal. Like the only major Wii U game that still isn't on Switch is Xenoblade X. Like that's I knew like you were, I, think, I knew you were gonna fucking say yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> Xenoblade X is like the only game that hasn't been on Switch. Which is I mean I didn't I I like Xenoblade X but not as much as one and two. But it still sucks that it's not on Switch at all. Uh, and I, I, I actually do think that's the only Wii U game because Wonderful 101 is on there. Uh, Mario 3D World. Uh, I guess the only other ones is the ports of Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. Like, those are also are stuck on Wii U if you want to play those. So um, yeah, that, that kind of sucks. But again, the Wii U, no one really had it. The one that's hitting me a lot harder is the 3DS eShop closing because, uh, you know, I like the 3DS. <laughs> I use it a lot. <laughs> Not as much as before, obviously, because, you know, the Switch is a thing and I haven't really touched the 3DS since, like, 2017. But um, not even, like, a few months ago, I actually bought a lot of SMT games because they were on sale on 3DS. And I was just like, it would be funny that this, like, eShop closes. That would suck, huh? And then it's, it's happening. So I'm like, oh, shit. So I'm really happy I bought a lot of those SMT games because they're really expensive physically because, you know, I didn't buy them when they came out on 3DS. So mm-hmm. uh, I got them really cheap on digital. And there's still a few things I want from the eShop digitally, like uh, Dragon Quest Seven and Eight, the remakes on 3DS, I do want to get. Because, again, they're very expensive physical, so I'd rather just get them digitally. Um and also some other games like you can't get Pushmo anymore. Like what the fuck, man? Like, yes. I'm gonna do about Pushmo. <laughs> Pushmo, let's go. Fresh yeah. Great. <laughs> uh, same thing with that Armadillo game. I think that was also like another like 3DS exclusive like WiiWare game or 3DS Wear game. So yeah, the, 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 you know, I think the 3DS closing like hurts me a lot more just because I love the 3DS. Uh, you know, it's a great system. There's so many good games on there. A lot of like good digital games on there too. That's also going to be like white from existence. So like and. Nintendo is not as persuasive as Sony is in terms of, like, you know, letting the fans get their way. You know, Sony was like, okay, okay, we won't do it. Like, Nintendo was always like, no, nah, we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> like, like they, they don't care. <laughs> uh, you know, like, remember when everyone was making, like, a big fuss when you could only get the Mario, like, like trilogy thing for, like, a few months? And then Nintendo was just like, no, nah, we're just going to keep doing it like that. And now it's just gone forever. So, yeah, Nintendo really doesn't care. I mean, like, if you look hard enough, you can still find it in certain retail oh, yeah. stores. But <laughs> you, can, you can still find it, but still, like, they're not really making it easy for you. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I highly doubt they're going to, like, roll this back. And if they do, I would love it to just roll back the 3DS eShop. Like, I think the 3DS is still, like, used by some people. And, you know, I just like that to be preserved a little more. So I have more time to actually, like, get some of these things. But now I need to do a mad dash. I'm going to need to put some money on my 3DS now, buy some last-minute stuff that I haven't gotten yet. So, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I guess that makes a case, another case. We, we talk about this a lot, about the physical versus digital stuff. 
And that's why for Nintendo, I have all my games physical because I, I really don't trust them <laughs> in terms of like <laughs> preserving anything. Yeah. Uh, with Sony, like I think the PS3 was sort of an awkward era for them where they weren't really able to like preserve a lot of stuff digitally from that era. But from PS4 to 5, it has been really smooth. And I basically have all my PS4 games digitally just because I'm like, whatever. Even PS5 games, like, I don't really see a reason to buy PS5 games physically because you have to, like, download the whole fucking thing anyway because that's going to go on the <laughs> SSD. So I'm like, wow, this is pointless. I might as well just get it digitally at this point. Um, and it does seem like a push for people to basically buy things digitally because, you know, it kind of just benefits them more because you can't resell and buy used games that way. Um, so yeah, that, that's a whole other thing. Like, I'm usually okay with digital since uh, like my whole Steam library is obviously digital, so I'm not like that upset. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's just Nintendo that always like scares me with this conversation, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were talking about Xenoblade Chronicles X. I just did a quick yeah. eBay search last month in January. The game was going for like forty bucks. Now that shit like eighty, a hundred dollars, and I'm like, oh my lord, fuck. I, uh... I guess I guess I'm just never playing that game. Like whatever here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that sucks because, you know, yeah, Xenoblade X is, you know, it's a great game and like now no one could play it. And, and it's weird because, you know, Xenoblade has become a lot more popular than it was back then. So it's kind of weird that, you know, they still haven't ported it at this point. They might, but you don't know. So those prices yeah. are going to be skyrocketed for a while. So mm-hmm. I will never forget when I purchased Xenoblade Chronicles on the Wii, like disc only. Yeah. I paid like 50 $80. I can't remember. And then they yeah. announced the, the fucking remake on the 3DS. I was like, <laughs> yeah. God damn it. And then they announced another remake, and I was like, "All right, whatever." Like, fuck, you know. Like, I just, I just cannot predict with Nintendo when it comes to reporting and re-releasing games. But like, I've had game three times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's like at this point, it's you know, you're literally playing a guessing game with most of these games. Because I was like, oh, you know, like with the Wii U stuff, like, are they gonna port a lot of these games? And like, they sort of picked and choose which ones they wanted to. And now, Xenoblade Chronicles X is now that game that's gonna be extremely rare on the Wii U, along with a slew of other exclusive titles that are still exclusive on there, if there are any at this point, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, um, they're gonna probably just continue going through with this decision because that's just how Nintendo is. And with the 3DS and the Wii U, you know, those consoles are fairly old at this point. But at the same time, you know, there's a lot of digital only stuff that developers have created and sort of made for those consoles in particular. And now, you know, that's just bygones. We got be bygones sort of thing. You know, like those aren't gonna be preserved in any way. And you know, I'm sure that a lot of these devs did not get the heads up, you know, just like with the uh, sort of like Vita shutdown with a lot of those devs were like, hey, yo, by the way, like we didn't know about this. So like if you want to play our game, you're going to have to buy it now. And yeah, so it is what it is. I think that um, when it comes to just like digital versus physical, like this will always, you know, whenever Nintendo or Sony or Microsoft, whoever decides to be like, yeah, we're not going to have these digital stores up anymore. I'm just going to point to that and be like, yep, that's why I continue to buy my games physically. Uh, just because there's, there's a reason why I do it. And that's just because I actually now own that game and it's not living on this, you know, sort of digital library where I can't really do much with it after I buy it kind of thing, you know, sort of like that freedom is sort of like that choice, if you will. Um, so, you know, that's something that I value very highly and, you know, some people may value that less highly, which that is completely fine and very, very much valid for them because they just want to play the game now and, you know, don't have to worry about going to the store or whatever. And they just want to play the game now, download it and not have to worry about it. And, you know, there's also other arguments with the whole, you know, not everyone has good internet and and that's why they buy the games physically, et cetera, et cetera. But I won't, I won't (laughs) fucking go on that tangent right now. 
yeah, basically, it, it does just kind of suck, to be honest. Again, we you understand 3DS, I'm still like, even though the 3DS is older, I'm still like, wait, no, <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> I think a lot of the 3DS games were already getting expensive. Like, I know pretty much any fucking Pokemon game, like, even... Yeah, Pokemon is always expensive. Yeah, like, yeah. every single Pokemon game is going to be fucking up there uh, just because it's fucking Pokemon. Um, I know a lot of the DS Pokemon games are, like, really, really yeah, expensive. Dude, I'm so pissed off that my diamond my original <laughs> diamond doesn't work anymore and i have my platinum box but i have no idea where the fuck it went i'm like where's platinum <laughs> and like i don't know where it went and i'm so mad like i have all of my gen 4 games that like just got erased and i don't know where they went and it's it's annoying because platinum is like 200 if you want like, oh yeah yeah so that it sucks. is it is fucked and like if you go on ebay you're gonna have to worry about bootleggers and shit like, yeah there's a lot it, of uh, reprints and stuff yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a it's a fucking whole ass mess but you know it is what it is at this point um i think that's gonna wrap it up i'm not sure if there's anything else you would like to say on um, this topic no not really just that it kind of sucks and if you have any other games you want to buy on 3d like i know i'm probably gonna do like a last minute like just shopping thing before i can't put my credit card and stuff anymore and like just buy some things but um yeah just buy them when you can and hopefully people could preserve them before they go away and like just upload their roms or whatever because you know a lot of these games are going to go away again and that really sucks so yeah hopefully we do a better job preserving them than we did with some of the WiiWare stuff because i think a lot of that stuff just got lost to time so yeah hopefully things like push you can play in like 20 years <laughs> <laughs> i keep bringing that up because that's the only one I remember. that's a great fucking puzzle platformer yes i would love to see more Pushmo, but Unfortunately, it looks like that series is going to bite the dust. But uh, thank you guys for listening to the Tribes of Naming Podcast, episode 81. We will see you guys two weeks from now with another episode. Later.